This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Loki Season 2, Episode 5, Science Slash Fiction. What do you want? I want to stop. He who remains. No, wrong. Try again. What is it that you really want? want, Come on. I want to save this. I want to save everything. All of it. Is it really that hard? Come on. Keep trying. I want to save the TVA. Why? I want the TVA back. And? What do you want? I want my friends back. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Loki Season 2, Episode 5, Science Slash Fiction, the penultimate episode of Loki Season 2. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. Yes, I am your other host, John. We're both a little snotty this week. Um, <laughs> no, you're a little snotty. I am, yes, unfortunately. I uh, have a little bit of a cold, uh, which has meant we've recorded a little bit, a day late, a day later than we usually do. Yes, we will call Derek Young Snotty <laughs> for the rest of the podcast. But I am excited to talk about this episode and very excited to talk about a little bit of news before we go into our low-key discussion because we did get the trailer for Echo uh, released last week. Um, very excited about this, actually, as the spin-off now, as we'd probably call it, from uh, from Hawkeye, where we saw Echo last time. Yes. Um, coming to Disney Plus on January 10th, 2024. All five episodes being released in one day under an imprint they're now calling Marvel Spotlight. It's going to be an adult show, a TVMA, as they call it in the US, uh, only available to people that uh, that subscribe to the adult version of uh, Disney Plus, which includes Hulu. Is there such a thing? There is, yes, yes. Uh, that You have to have to log in to an adult version, uh, sign off that you're over 18 and able to watch the show. But, this sounds um, very... Very suspicious. It's, no, it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, but it, it does look uh, much more in the vein of our original Netflix Defenders show. It really shows. does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And also because it literally has Vincent D'Onofrio as the kingpin. It does. Um, in there. Mm-hmm. Yes. But uh, good stuff. No, I, yeah. I'm glad they're making or have finally made this decision to do something that is in that um adult space like the the netflix uh defender series and yeah. some of the spin-offs like the punisher exactly um because there's certainly a place for them here yeah yeah definitely we also saw a little glimpse of uh of charlie cox in his daredevil outfit and uh, looked yeah. like the red suit again not Did, the uh, not the yellow and red one that we saw in she hulk um and we also already talked a couple of weeks ago about the fact that uh Daredevil has hired one of the writers from Punisher and Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who directed loads of episodes of Loki, on board for the Daredevil Born Again series, trying to keep closer to uh, Netflix Daredevil is the is the rumor. So uh, that would fit quite well with Echo. Yeah, absolutely. Seems so far. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that was in the news last week as well, I just want to have a, a quick chat about as well, is the Variety article that came out, um, which has led to hundreds of if not thousands of headlines that have appeared. Um, Having read the article that's in Variety, it really seems like a speculation piece on the MCU and why it's failing, apparently, according to this article. Uh, Loads of the speculation has been uh, already disproven by um, a number of people behind the scenes. There's uh, rumours that things like the Blade movie was uh, turning into a a female-led movie and that 
Mahersha Ali, who's playing Blade, was going to be the, become the fourth uh, character uh, of the uh, team on Blade, that he wasn't going to be the lead character in the in the movie. And uh, writers that have been involved in the movie say there's never been a script that, that was like that. It is all leading to a Mahershala Ali-led movie. That's why he signed on to it. He's a double Oscar winner. Um, loads of the speculation coming out of the uh, retreat that, uh, that Kevin Feige leads every year for all of the writers of uh, of the MCU and has always done for uh, all of the writers from uh, from Marvel Comics where they have an open forum where they can discuss whatever they want to, bring any ideas to the table. Nothing's a bad idea until it gets uh, struck in through. Apparently a lot of this discussion was turned into speculation for the article where someone had suggested at this retreat that they bring back some of the original actors who played uh, Robert Downey Jr., for example, playing Iron Man. Uh, and apparently this uh, writer has taken this to make it sound like Marvel, even though they've had at least one three quarter million dollar movie this year that they think they're failing. Um, so yeah, I, I take this entire article with a grain of salt, but I really take all the articles that have taken one line from the article and written the whole article out of it, uh, with major, uh, pounds of salt. Uh, Marvel isn't failing. Marvel will have to slow down on its output. Certainly because they they can't afford the level of output given that Disney Plus isn't making money. But they're not failing. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm surprised at Variety, but I mm. it didn't, um, in the end, I just couldn't be bothered reading it because I just <laughs> thought, what's the point? And, but I mean, at the same time, I think any studio goes through ups and downs, however relative that might be. Mm-hmm. And whether it's to do with the wider superhero genre whether it's people you know comparing it to the sort of phase one phase two sort of extravaganza and not really knowing how to place this mm-hmm. uh current phase or phases that have uh happened since then i, I think there's a whole host of reasons to yeah. be honest and i think at the end of the day it's an evolution of a studio it's probably just sensationalism um yeah really, it, coming it, from variety and yeah. then like hyper sensationalism coming from articles that are just doing literally no reporting just by the sounds of it copying and pasting in order to get headlines to get ad revenue effectively yeah absolutely absolutely and no, i won't deny them any ad revenue but of course uh one of the things that is a major player in this is of course the two strikes that have been going on where we had the writer strike followed by the actor strike so a lot of a lot of articles that would be written at the moment can't be written so uh, this particular article uh, continually said speaking to someone in the know uh, i've reached out for comment to people from the studio but they haven't commented so uh, that's usually a sign that um, this is an opinion piece uh, unverified facts uh, as they would usually say and in the old world of uh, of journalism but uh, yeah if any of the speculation turns out to be true, it sounds like more of a threw everything at the wall, and some some of it has to be true. Uh, but it seems quite unlikely that Marvel are going to change their entire plan and their entire approach to the future. Um, obviously, they made movies that they test with audiences and see if they work. Um, if they're making a profit off the back of them, they may not be making the profit like a billion dollars for every individual movie anymore. I'm sure they weren't expecting that. Uh, we've talked about it multiple times on here that they were aiming for different audiences and more broad audiences and for younger audiences, groups that haven't watched every one of the 32 movies uh, and their 12 TV shows. So, um, so yeah, I think I, I just wanted to, I wanted to have a chat about it anyway. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting article and has been picked up by lots and lots of other people. But um, yeah, interesting as, uh, as any kind of speculative article will be, but I wouldn't take uh, most of what's in there as being completely truthful. 
Excellent. Uh, now that that work of fiction has mm-hmm. been dealt with, uh, let us get on with the science slash fiction, uh, which is episode five of Loki season two, the penultimate episode yes. of, of this season, mm-hmm. uh, which you'll be able to find over on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com, mm-hmm. uh, where you can subscribe to the podcast and to the Defenders feed on any mischievous or godlike podcast player of your choice mm-hmm. absolutely we want to hear your feedback as well on loki as a series if you want to email us you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries and we're all also always open to uh, hearing your voicemails uh, we're coming up to the final episode of loki so if you want to send us in any voicemails of your thoughts of the season uh, you can email us with those to the same email address or or you can pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com and record your voicemail on there. You'll have up to 90 seconds to leave your feedback uh, on there. But we'd love to hear some voicemails yes. as, the, as we get to the last episode of Loki. Yes, we love hearing from our fellow defenders on all things Marvel. Absolutely. Yeah, Derek, let us get off to a flying start with <laughs> uh, some of the episode details. Who gave us what, where, when, how and why? Absolutely. Really easy one this time. Developed for TV, of course, by Michael Waldron. This episode, once again, written by Eric Martin, who's been the writer on the uh, on the show for the entire season this season. And the episode was once again directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Uh, really good directors behind the scenes here. And there are some excellent scenes in this episode there's some fantastic looking moments uh, so excited to get in and talk about it john do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for loki season 205 science slash fiction sure in the aftermath of the destruction of the temporal loom loki is left alone in the tva headquarters as everyone else has vanished as he explores the building trying to locate any of his friends, he begins time-slipping again when he meets a later version of himself as the TVA headquarters, now with a failsafe initiated by a rudimentary Miss Minutes, begins to break down and spaghettify around him. Loki escapes as he time-slips to numerous branch timelines at different times, where one by one he meets his former friends, Casey, Hunter B-15, Mobius and OB, who have been reset to their original lives as Frank Morris, Dr. Verity Willis, Don, and Dr. A.D. Doug, respectively. But none of them have any knowledge of the TVA, nor any recollection of Loki. But Dr. A.D. Doug, a.k.a. O.B., does believe his story, and is willing to help Loki time-slip to the TVA before the explosion, to try and prevent the catastrophic events from happening. But Loki is unable to control his time-slipping. Doug proposes Loki gather everyone present at the time of the explosion back together. He theorises that their collective temporal aura may hold the key to sending them back to the right time and place. Doug builds a rudimentary tempad using a TVA guidebook that Loki has kept. Loki succeeds in gathering everyone else to Doug's workshop except Sylvie, who has retained her memories. At a bar over a couple of bourbons, Sylvie refuses to help Loki as she wants to live her own life, and she gets Loki to admit his true motivation. He wants his friends back and fears being alone. Sylvie leaves the bar heading to her local record shop as Loki heads back to inform Doug, Don, Frank and Verity that they are no longer needed. But when everything in Sylvie's timeline begins to spaghettify, she goes to help Loki. 
but no sooner there, Doug's workshop also spaghettifies as the branch timelines begin to die, as do Frank, Doug, Don, Dr. Willis, and Sylvie. As Sylvie disappears, Loki finally controls his time slipping, returning to the point just as she arrived to Doug's workshop. Declaring that he can rewrite the story, Loki focuses on what he really wants and time slips back to the TVA headquarters at the point just before Victor Timely disappears. It's a very complicated episode, this one. There's a lot going on, lots of of travelling through time, slipping through time moving through uh, different groups, seeing other people, having new names for all of our characters. Um, But yeah, I think you nailed it right there, though, John. Well done. Yeah, I think I did, just about. Uh Um, And I had to try and conjure up a lot of enthusiasm to do that as well. Because I have to say, at this moment Mm -hmm. in time and place of Loki (laughs) uh, Season Uh 2, I did not expect such an exposition-heavy episode Mm -hmm. and i found this really tough in some ways you know i would just say this was not the kind of penultimate episode that i thought i ever wanted right um to suddenly have to go back into reasoning Mm -hmm. and exposition and all of that i didn't have any problem as such with the episode in fact i thought some of the scenes in here were just absolutely phenomenal Mm -hmm. and i loved it uh, but, you know, spoiler alert, I think I just felt slightly wearisome of the exposition having to be done again to explain now with the time slipping and effectively, you know, turning Loki, uh, God of Mischief, uh, into a dictionary and thesaurus combination, like Mm. just have an exposition loom, I guess, (laughs) is what he seems to be becoming. Mm. And yeah, I just find it difficult to really get into this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing as such wrong with it, but yeah, I just found it really tough. In fact, the second time I watched it, I did actually prefer it better Mm -hmm. than when I first watched it. But I kind of was slightly angry after watching it the first time. Really? Um, I just was like, this whole season feels like it's going nowhere Mm. fast. Yeah. Literally on a time loop. And I, I kind of wanted it to accelerate into the story rather than having to come back and explain timelines, points in time, Mm. the mechanisms for getting to and from that, like we've had all season. I know what you mean. And one of the things that is probably frustrating about this episode when you're watching it through the first time is you're trying to follow the storyline of how Loki's going to get everybody out of this, how he's going to pick them all up and bring them back to where they're supposed to be and get them all back into the TVA, which is what he's trying to do at the beginning of the episode. And much like that presentation by Victor Timely back in the 1800s, much like that presentation, it actually turns out that none of that matters. There's a completely different approach that Loki has to take, which he only learns at the end of the episode. And you wonder if at the opening of the series, the first episode had spread all of the friends of Loki across the timeline. And for the next couple of episodes, he went and explored their timelines and learned who they are on the real sacred timeline. Maybe that was the story for the season. But crushing it all into this episode, you don't get any time with any of these characters on their sacred timeline. You get a story of them on this branched universe and it's so small it seems to completely cram out the episode full of 
what turns out to be unnecessary information by the end of the episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's it. It feels like I don't need to know anything about the other four episodes, almost, other than really small nuggets from it. Mm. And I just feel it's been so exposition heavy. It's been to the detriment of the characterization and, yeah, those connections that Loki has. I think, you know, more of that previously and this getting the friends back together, like the main person you really feel that with is ultimately with Mobius. Mm -hmm. And that's where it really connects. I mean, even B-15, you don't necessarily think of a deep friendship with her and Loki. Mm. Um, and equally the same with Casey. Yes, they're colleagues or they've been involved, mm. but it's it's with Mobius where you feel there is that connection, probably with Sylvie as well. And oh, definitely with Sylvie. And, and, Sylvie, Mobius, yeah. and Sylvie hasn't been in it enough. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, yes, it's a bit of exposition over actually the story really mm. um, in order just simply to make the story work they've had to talk about time the mechanics of time Absolutely. but very specific around the tva mm. temporal looms you know you name it and it's like they had to do that in the first season they've had to do it again and it's now like the reset on the fifth episode the penultimate episode mm -hmm. before the finale yeah and if it's just to provide explanation for a movie then they really should do something better well i will say we've still got one episode left of the season i'm, I'm oh, a lot true. higher on this episode than you are john i've enjoyed it a lot more than uh, than you i know you're uh, you're a little bit down on this episode like i was on one of the episodes earlier on in the season and i don't like being you know we yeah. are in our podcast we always like to focus on the positives we know how difficult it is to make the show and i mean mm -hmm. some of the scenes in this episode are absolutely fantastic absolutely, so it, yeah. you know it i feel a bit down feeling a bit down <laughs> or being a bit down on uh this this episode uh -huh. but certainly improved watching it through again yeah uh, and as i say i think there's some really great standout moments in, in this episode yeah and i think you know by the end of the episode loki hasn't saved everything he's put himself in a position for the final episode so we'll see how that plays out uh, next week when we get to the final yeah. episode of loki but let's get into our top variants for this episode uh, we're going to go through our major moments the things we want to talk about about the episode hopefully covering everything uh, of interest in there uh, start off with variant one, which is the other lives of the members of the TVA. Uh, the episode opens, and we kind of weirdly almost predicted this last week. We saw the explosion after Victor, Victor Timely um, has spaghettified outside. We saw the explosion coming towards the building where everybody's inside. And we kind of predicted, oh, hang on a second, maybe they don't all die because of the explosion. It turns out that everybody else is sent out onto the timelines, and Loki's left there on his own at the TVA. Which is similar to what we did, what we said last week, yeah. but it's not because of magic. It's not because of anything else. He's left there behind as everybody else is spread out on the TVA. So we have some, I thought, some really fun moments, a really interesting moment, seeing him walk around this empty TVA. It felt like going back a little bit to COVID filming uh, as as uh, Loki's walking around all on his own uh, throughout throughout all <laughs> yeah, the levels. Yeah, absolutely, place. absolutely. Yeah. I did like the moment of Loki coming across himself mm -hmm. saying hello time slipping a number of times and coming back where it's him who's at the console mm -hmm. 
I kind of like that. Yeah. I, I, I like the feel of that scene. I thought it was really good. Yeah, and, and it's, it's used later on as well. That's the reason why he realizes he's able to move throughout time within a place that has no time like the TVA. He's able to see that he jumped forward in time to meet himself. Exactly. From the past, yeah. sort of. Yes. So, <laughs> so I really yeah. like that scene. But oh, yeah. I definitely also have to call out, uh, we mentioned it earlier on in the season, uh, through the time slips, uh, the Loki hair flips are back in full form <laughs> this episode. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, where he time slips to, uh, to Don's jet ski or mm-hmm. skidoo uh, shop, I do like that he replicates the flailing um, inflatable arm man uh, behind him, <laughs> yeah. as, as well as a, a, a flip of the hair as well. So Absolutely. I thought that was good fun. I felt that that was a Tom Hiddleston um, improv there. He went, ooh, <laughs> yeah. put the flailing arm man thing behind me. I'll, I'll go along with that, and yeah. you guys can cut it together. <laughs> um, but the, the important thing here is, as you say, everyone has been transferred to their timelines uh i think you know sylvie describes it as a reset with mm-hmm. no knowledge of the tva let alone uh knowing loki yes and um, so you have these moments initially where he he is time slipping directly to a point where he is meeting casey mobius b15 and ob and mm-hmm. um, but they, they have no recollection of him mm-hmm. uh, and so it all feels very uh, futile uh, in terms of this this time slipping yeah uh, but some good moments you know with casey here being frank who is escaping uh from alcatraz yeah. which is a nice touch absolutely in 1962 um i, I was going to save this for notes later on but this is true um there was a frank morris who was an escapee from uh, alcatraz in 1962 um he got a boat he had his plan he left the island with two brothers uh, who were also in alcatraz and um, he was never found again. He was never caught. So he either survived and got away, or he drowned, or I guess Loki took him out of the timeline. Well, maybe, and he became Casey at <laughs> yeah. the TVA. Just like the D.B. Cooper moment from season one, where uh, where Loki was the guy that jumped out of the plane and disappeared after um, after yeah. uh, stealing loads of the money. So um, so this is a, a possible true story about someone that disappeared from the timeline. So well, that's I like it. that. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, also, the, the other side of this is Loki is time slipping here without knowing how he's traveling to the exact locations where he is going to bump into mm-hmm. his TVA uh, team members uh, and where they are. So that's another interesting mm-hmm. aspect here uh, as, you know, we see him uh, very briefly time slipping uh, to where B15 is mm-hmm. as a, a pediatrician called Dr. Verity Willis. Yep. And as she witnesses him both time slipping in and then away from uh, her just along the corridor. Yeah. Seems very happy as a pediatrician yes. as well. Yeah. But definitely enjoying her job. Uh, we see him uh, slip into uh, where Mobius is as a, as a skidoo salesman, uh, which loads of people had speculated as he had the magazine that he was reading in season one that's the speculator that he was but um it's interesting that he's not the owner of the place or anything like that he's uh he's a salesman yeah. and seems to be a bit down in his luck nobody seems to be um wanted to buy his uh his mode of transport uh he's trying to sell them to everybody um, but nobody seems to want one even though he absolutely loves it uh yeah so a fun little moment there where we see him uh pretending that he's on the ocean when it's actually just in front of a camera yeah uh that was, that was a lot of fun and he's uh, there in 2022 mm-hmm. um Dr. Willis, or B-15, is there in 2012, and the fourth member here that he times slips to 
is OB as A.D. Doug, Dr. A.D. Doug, in 1994. Yes, yeah, as, yeah. A, as a failing science fiction author. But yeah. he is a scientist who yeah, hates yeah, his job. Yeah, he's a physicist yeah. <laughs> who would prefer to be writing science fiction. He's yeah. there buying his own book. I quite like that. Um, mm-hmm. The Zartan Contingent, which is also in the end credits as has well. Been, so I just yeah, wonder um, if... There's something in the Zartan contingent because of all the the four here, mm-hmm. whilst he has no recollection of the TVA, he doesn't know Loki. He absolutely believes what Loki explains to him as to what happened, mm-hmm. and as is you know is willing to believe him, and so they team up to learn about his time slipping absolutely uh, that it's not random uh, but it's evolving as well is what um Doug seems to say is that it's evolving too as he's slipping around both time but also space and mm-hmm. um, so because there is that one brief moment with Loki uh slipping time slipping into is it uh Time Theater 5 at yes. the TVA. Yeah, where he was held in the first episode of season yeah. one. Um, yeah. So uh, he's able to slip into the TVA, not just around all the timelines, around these uh, the branched timelines to meet all of these uh, his friends in their in their new roles. Uh, an interesting line from Obi as uh, as Dr. Eddie Doug um, after Loki's telling the story and he's saying, of course, I believe you. You're one of my characters from my book, Come to Life. He specifically says that. Yeah. Uh, some people have paused it on the post-it notes that are on the board that uh, that A.D. Doug um, has behind him for notes for his science fiction novels. And there's a couple of references that could mean that this entire story is written by the science fiction author A.D. Doug. Just to mess with your head a little bit more. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that this whole thing is actually all in the mind of OB. It's not actually Loki's story. This is all uh, taking place within a novel written by A.D. Doug. And so I think that might be just the production department uh, messing around, having a bit of fun. Uh, I think so. With the Easter egg hunters uh, out there. But also, potentially, some of the ideas might have been coming from the experiences that OB had at the TVA, and they're bleeding into the mind of A.D. Doug, well, potentially. Well, if, if it were to be that case, mm-hmm. then not only do we have the multiverse, mm-hmm. the temporal loom and all the timelines mm-hmm. within each universe we would then be dealing with the metaverse we would be yes i think that would make the mcu according to the variety article literally implode because <laughs> <laughs> all their films could ever be would be exposition well <laughs> yeah. on the base of this one so yes i think they're just playing uh around having a little you know, just a few references mm-hmm. and, and, and having that. But it is ultimately that Dr. A.D. Doug does mm-hmm. believe what he's saying. Absolutely. Well, as uh, he says to the, the lady at the checkout when he's trying to buy the book that actually isn't on the shelf mm-hmm. in the bookshop, science fiction is a valid form of uh, fictional writing uh, and art form. Yeah, And it is. I totally agree with him. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's move on to variant two because we'll talk a bit more about science or fiction in this one. Um, Loki's time slipping again. We've mentioned it a few times there, but it's the fact that he realizes that he's able to travel back into the TVA, which is impossible, and is able to travel in time within the TVA, also impossible. That's what sparks the thought in the mind of OB or AD. Um, and OB latches on to this idea that it could potentially be 
either a science problem, which is the what or how, how is he able to do it? Um, what can he do to, to do it again? Or it could be a fiction problem. Why is he doing it? Why yeah. is he able to travel? Why is he connecting to each of the friends that he met within the TVA? How is he able to travel to them? And why is he traveling uh, to them specifically for the period of time yeah. he's traveling? And he believes that Loki should be able to ultimately control it. Yeah, because the big difference that we see in this episode versus how we saw Loki's time slipping in episode one, we see, saw Loki just disappearing every couple of seconds. He'd appear for a few seconds, disappear, appear somewhere else, and then disappear. But he would reappear in the same spot, mm. just at a different time. Yes, exactly. Whereas here, we're seeing him move across, have full conversations with people, and when those conversations are finished, he's almost slipping out. So we, it does feel much more like Loki's in control of this. While he doesn't understand how, he has a full conversation with Casey as he appears in 1962 around Alcatraz, and it's only at the point when Casey is telling him, you need to find your own way out of here, I don't know who you are, that then Loki slips out and uh, goes and, and sees uh, the next person that he needs to meet up with. And then he stops himself again from slipping when he's with Mobius and wants to talk to him and find out who he is. He spends time with him. So that's quite interesting. And that idea sparks with AD that he suggests he get everyone back together in the one place, that, that, that those five people, if they're all together, they'll be able to find a way back to that specific point in the TVA yeah. where Loki's trying to get back to. The other thing as well that um, OB or AD Doug um, postulates here is that Loki is in fact acting like a biological tempad here. Mm -hmm. um, and so Loki asks uh, AD Doug to make a tempad uh, from the, the TVA guidelines mm -hmm. and manual that, um, that ultimately gives AD Doug huge amounts of pleasure because it's a bestseller. And um, because as he sees that he has, so, well, the lookalike has written it, you mm -hmm. know, and um, he has written a, a piece of of science. Yes, that's a bestseller. Yeah, that's a, I like the kind of joke in that, you know. Yeah. Do you call a textbook that's given out to everybody that works for a company a bestseller if every single person has one on the desk? Um, you know, it's not the same as... If you get paid for it, if you, you get, If you get paid for it, yeah, maybe he's gotten paid for every single copy of that. Um, we, we do also hear a, a little uh, a little nod in the background to Obi and his obsession um, with building the, t the, the tempad from the book that uh, it's actually taken him 18 months the next time he meets up with uh, Loki and he's lost his house and his wife. Uh, they <laughs> lost yeah, those yeah. completely. He didn't lose them from uh, being a fiction writer. He lost them from trying to create the tempad from from the TVA handbook. But I presume he probably wasn't on great terms with them since uh, he was doing all his writing in that warehouse. Well, that's it exactly. And I mean, it is that rudimentary tempad that he creates that, mm -hmm. to some extent, at least provides that moment where Loki is able to hook. Mobius uh, yeah. here because we have AD Doug coming through with his massive, you know, uh, tempad, yeah. which I liked. I liked the fact that it was just big, you know? Absolutely. And it's like a vinyl record player versus an MP3 player. Because, <laughs> you know, Mobius is still quite skeptical here. Um, mm -hmm. where as Loki is trying to convince him to come and save the TVA, um, to convince him that he's in fact Mobius and not Don. Yeah. And um, I like that a bit later on, he, 
back in AD Doug's workshop, he says, Mobius, it's my space name. Uh, I kind of yeah. quite like that little reference. Um, and he does say the name's really cool. And uh, Mobius's full name is Mobius M. Mobius. So yeah. it does sound like a name made up by somebody who likes cool names. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. And they use the tempad with Mobius. So he goes back and mm-hmm. can see the initial conversation being had by Loki yeah. trying to sort of bring him along with the others uh, back together to put the band uh, back together to create this temporal aura that um, Doug is trying to postulate will provide that specific location and time uh, that Loki needs to get back to. Exactly. As I say, exposition. Yes. It is. It is. And I suppose there's a couple of things that are in here that I, that I think would be interesting to have been explored here, or uh, I thought they were going this way. Um, the idea that we know that Casey, um, Mobius, B-15, and Obi were all taken from a timeline and brought to the TVA, have had their memories wiped a few times as well. That idea in itself made me wonder whether is it Loki that has set up the TVA in the first place? Everybody said it was Victor Timely that he'd wrote, written the book, but we met Victor Timely. He meets Obi for the first time. There's that whole idea that the two of them have kind of cogged off each other to create the TVA. And now here we have Loki going around, gathering all these people together who did have lives on the timeline. And I was wondering for the whole episode, is this actually how they got to the TVA in the first place? That Loki plucked them from their timelines, convinced them all, of where they needed to go to and then wipe their minds. It didn't play out that way in the episode, though. No, but I also, you know, it is the point of, like, why is he doing this? Mm. Um, And, you know, he's very committed now to the TVA, and I just wonder if it's still, you know, with that final um, revelation that we'll come to in our final variant mm. with Loki being able to control his time slipping. And he is also a god. Gods are quite good at creation. Mm. Uh, that he has created this story. Mm-hmm. Um, by being so, uh, slipping in and out of it, uh, mm-hmm. across multiple spaces and, and times. And that has resulted in this it and all in weaving a, together yeah yeah so i still think that's a possibility mm. um for sure yeah. yeah yeah so we'll probably see that uh in the next episode um one of the characters we haven't really mentioned at all uh is sylvie um we'll talk about her in our variant three uh sylvie won't help until her vinyl store spaghettifies um you know yeah. I, I i do think it's quite interesting that we have sylvie here who knows exactly what happened she was there standing there right beside um, everybody else. She knows absolutely that everybody else has been sent back to their own branch timeline. She knows who Loki is instantly yeah. as he arrives. She sees that. him slipping and then is like, get in the car, we're going for a drink. Yeah, I love that. He goes, this isn't how, this isn't playing out how I thought it mm-hmm. was, you know. Really really liked it. Um, yeah, I, I love this because I think this was the first sort of indication with seeing her McDonald's spaghettify away um, at, as she comes out of McDonald's before uh, Loki her takeaway. ten pads yeah. in, you see her yeah her takeout McDonald's yeah. disappears. Can you imagine if McDonald's turned into a lovely spaghetti bolognese? How much better would that be? <laughs> well, no, they would ruin that as well. Uh, was, yeah. So, I think 
you know, and you're going, okay, so everything isn't perfect. Apart from the spaghettifying of the TVA earlier in the episode, Mm -hmm. you know, you just see those threads of the McDonald's takeout going. You see it later with Loki going for his shot of bourbon after Mm -hmm. him and Sylvia had their conversation and it not being there. Mm -hmm. And he's wondering where that's gone. Yeah, it's very like the dusting that we saw in the Avengers yeah. uh, Infinity War as everybody started to just disappear or things started to disappear behind people or people started to disappear behind uh, other characters, you know. Absolutely. Um, this idea but- that they they aren't noticing because it's just small things like Sylvie's McDonald's or the bourbon yeah. that are disappearing. It's, it's just but, more Italian. Yeah. Because it's spaghetti. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I think, you know, that's when you really get the sense of some of the threat here mm-hmm. as to what's happened because in a sense you know b15 mobius ob casey they've all just gone back onto their timelines and mm-hmm. it's because as sylvie says you know they're back in their real lives mm-hmm. uh, which is a good thing um you know they never had the choice to be plucked and have their memories wiped yeah. uh, to be part of the TVA uh you you've got this back and forth between Loki and Sylvie um you know around that but you know all those other timelines you didn't get the sense of the threat by just these little small bits of um of, of the spaghettifying going mm-hmm. on um, and I, I like that it plays in here because I think it it adds something to Loki and Sylvie's chat at the bar where you know she's like I, I want a life I'm selfish mm-hmm. um, you know as I said their their lives their real lives are a good thing um, yeah. but as Loki goes but their, their lives matter to this endeavour of mm-hmm. saving the TVA and it's like you know why do you you know it's ultimately the big question she's asking him why why do you want the TVA saved what 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 is the skin in the game here um, as you know he's trying to convince Sylvie to help and it, you know it comes down to like the opening uh, snippet that we have on the podcast uh, because Ultimately, he wants his friends back, so yeah. he's not alone. Yeah. Um, I do love the joke in there that she keeps pushing him with questions of why, 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 and then the bartender basically comes yeah. up, asks him what he wants, <laughs> what is it that he wants, and uh, Loki answers him with, I want my friends back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, I, just thought, I thought that was quite funny. You know, gag. It's like, mm. um, as she says, you know, you, it's now time for Loki to write his own story mm-hmm. of what he's going to do, but... It's assuming that all these branch timelines are stable. And as we see, you know, the little hints that they're not um, from uh, the Mac- the Maccas as well as <laughs> as the Bourbon. Yeah. So I, I kind of really enjoyed this. And then that scene in the record shop, I just loved. For me, this was the best um, part of this episode. Without a doubt. I thought yeah. just the camera movement going from above um Sylvie tilting back along the length mm-hmm. of, of the record shop as you see 
uh, another customer about to walk in, yeah. spaghettifying the music there from Velvet Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, Great tune. It was just uh, yeah, really oh, sweet, oh, sweet good. Nothing from uh, 1970s album. Loaded if you want to check it out. It's a really good song. Yeah, it, really it's good a album superb as well. song. But yeah, the, I love the next customer disappearing after the doorbells rang. The owner of the shop looks over to find her as he starts to pour coffee into his mug, which has disappeared. And then his coffee starts to spaghettify. And then the whole front of the store starts to go the window behind him and he runs out of the spaghettification yeah. to wake up Sylvie from the song that she's listening to to try and warn her uh, that something's coming here and as he spaghettifies himself just that beautiful moment as they're looking down at the vinyl record everything in the room starting to uh, starting to dissolve around Sylvie and then it's starting to go circular just like the vinyl record which is the last thing to go yeah. before Sylvie steps back takes the temp pad that she has from He Who Remains and uses it to go and find Loki. So yeah. I thought it was absolutely beautifully uh, done. Definitely. I, I actually, mm. I thought the spaghettification of the glass was really, really, like, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, along with the record, as it yeah. looks like one of those grim licorice swirls. Um, <laughs> I love licorice. I know you do, but I don't. <laughs> and, and, and then um, there's that moment where the little table lamp spaghettifies and you just get the flickering of the light going off which was really good and yeah as you say just the reach of the the shop owner towards sylvie as Mm -hmm. she turns around to see him spaghettifying and again like you say just like the dusting moment but more italian yeah ultimately so this (laughs) scene i absolutely thought was fantastic yeah um as you can probably tell um from the excitement in my voice, mm-hmm. I just thought it was so well constructed, really well, really well shot. Yeah. The 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 vibe from the music, the special effects, the computer generated effects, just mm-hmm. really spot on. Uh, yep. Looked really cool. Yeah, beautifully told. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed this. Um, but yes, that that is silly. Effectively, her Brad's timeline is now gone, and she's jumping towards Loki. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's ultimately where she realizes that yes. The branch timelines are being are decaying, mm-hmm. are being destroyed. That no one is fine unless there is the TVA mm. to to maintain this as mm. these branches are dying. Exactly, uh, that's her realization. And so, ultimately, despite the bar scene, which I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. you know, she gets to Doug's workshop. Exactly, which is our fourth and final variant. Uh, Loki actually needs to find his why. Yes. So he has learned his why from uh, that conversation with Sylvie. He's back here with the group. He co- he comes back really dejected from that discussion with, with Sylvie, though, uh, when she says she's not going to appear back. So that plan that came from Obi, that he needs everybody back in the room together, and then he can find his way to that point in the TVA. He's not able to do it, so he tries to send them all away. Yes. Until Sylvie comes in. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. That's why his why is he wants his friends. Yeah, and I suppose there's just one little extra touch to Mobius' story that adds a little bit of, uh, I suppose, an undercurrent of why he's so willing to help Loki here. Uh, you mentioned it earlier on, John. Um, Mobius is plucked from 2022, and yeah. he says he's a single father. His wife is gone. Uh, 2022 was right in the middle of the blip, so his wife may have been dusted. Yes. And if he's hearing that he could possibly prevent something similar from happening, 
then of course he's going to take his opportunity yeah. to go out here. But he absolutely doesn't want to leave his kids behind. Um, Loki has, has promised him that he will be put back on the timeline exactly from the point that where he's, where he's left. But his children are in danger. His world is in danger if he doesn't come and help him now. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, so I wonder if that kind of plays a little bit into Don's character that he lost his wife in the blip and doesn't want to, uh, doesn't want that to happen to his kids. Um, you know. That yeah, that might be absolutely. And I, I think that, again, it's another real kind of uh, good emotional moment here as Doug's workshop begins to spaghettify as mm. well. I like the fact that the tempad has gone and yeah. they think it's Frank who's <laughs> pinched Frank. it. Because yeah. we, we hear him talking with Doug uh, earlier saying, you know, well, can we, you know, travel to a park or to Mount Rushmore? Mm-hmm. Or inside a vault. A bank vault. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, um, I like that Loki's just going to go. You could rob him any, however many banks you want to yeah. after we've done this job. But we need the temp pad right now. But yeah. I, I just thought this was really, um, you know, again, I think Mobius at the heart. But mm-hmm. seeing B fifteen as well, the shock on her face yeah. as they all start to spaghettify. But Mobius is wanting to get back to his kids. Yeah. But spaghetti fires before he can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I thought this was really good. And yeah, in that moment, Loki is there seeing all his friends spaghetti fire. Yeah. And, and it's even Obi going, oh, I guess it wasn't a science problem. I guess it was a fiction problem yeah. because <laughs> all five people are in the room together and it hasn't worked. So, but as yeah. Sylvie goes, mm-hmm. as the last one of them goes, Sylvie, um, he screams and reverses it back to Sylvie. Mm-hmm. It's a knee-jerk reaction that has the effect because he's not had to actually think about yeah. it um, and brings Sylvie back to where she's just come back uh, through the door yeah. after her record shop and timeline has spaghettified. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need an Italian after this uh, <laughs> podcast. I think, yes, Spagball is uh, in order after this. Excellent. That'd be great. Um, we should never record the podcast just before dinner, John. I'm always hungry uh, when we do that. Um, but it is it is a really interesting moment. And again, we don't get a huge amount of exposition here. Loki just says he knows what to do now. He knows how um, to rewrite the story effectively. And then we see him appearing behind Obi back at the TVA just at the point that Victor Timely has walked out or is walking down uh, to put on his suit and walk out to the temporal loom. And as he says mm. to Doug... It's not about the where, when, or why. It's about the who. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. You know, is that referring to him? Yeah. I think initially I thought that was it, that he was referring to himself mm-hmm. in that, and that's why I thought he could still be the creator of the TVA. Yeah. Or is it with Victor Timely? Mm-hmm. You know, or someone or else. Or with Obi. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. really interesting. It is. It is. Uh, so I, I like the end. I like... Mm-hmm. Um, where we got to with this, but maybe the journey was a little bit too much for me. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. And as I say, unless some of these elements pay off differently in the last episode than we're expecting, it seems like a lot of work for uh, storylines that may not go anywhere. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, in the next episode. I yeah. was waiting around for a post-credit scene um, in this episode. A- absolutely. You know? But actually, the previously on part, again, gives mm-hmm. a clue because... Um, whilst there's no post credit scene, and whilst I'm there saying, well, it's, you know, is it the who? Is it actually Loki? 
we still have the assertion, and I think this is the underlying thing through mm -hmm. this, that we have he who remains repeating what he said to Loki and Sylvie, I paved the road for you to get here. Mm -hmm. um, so even if it is Loki that created the TVA, again, it's all about destiny, yeah. uh, predestination mm -hmm. um, being orchestrated by he who remains and we still get that assertion right up top yeah and um, the previously on yeah the previously on mm -hmm. part so yeah. you know just remember he who remains could still be behind all of this none of this negates the possibility that he had seen all this happen and uh, this was his plan all along yeah it's an interesting yeah. one isn't it yeah. so it's not so much possibly that loki creates the tva but he creates he who remains ultimately potentially yeah yeah, yeah. we will see um as we get into uh, next week's finale episode uh, i did say there's no post-credit scene but there is a slight post-credit scene right at the end of the music you hear the voice of x5 brad saying the line you died insert your coin loser uh presumably from that zaniac game that we saw uh yeah. on the timeline with sylvie so that is a possibility that Brad, who we saw get wiped from the timeline yeah. uh, last episode, that potentially he's back on his own branch timeline. He went back and made Zaniac, Zaniac 2, Zaniac 3, and then the Zaniac video game. Um, so it's just a possibility. Possible. He's not one of the friends of Loki, so he didn't feature in this episode. But it's possible that uh, that everybody that was crushed in that box in the TVA uh, went back to their own branch timelines after being crushed or being wiped from uh, from existence as they were. Definitely. In there. Or else they just took a sample from the movie Zaniac and used it in the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which is also possible. But true. it's an interesting nod just right at the end, given that there was no post-credit scene. Uh, but that's it for our points. Any other notes? Anything else you wanted to call out for the episode, John, at all? No, nothing from me, old snotty. <laughs> The the only other thing, just because I called out about uh, about Don Mobius being in 2022, uh, also kind of interesting that uh, the Doctor um, B15, Doctor Verity Willis, is in 2012, which was the year of the attack on New York. Um, so Loki could have been right around the corner there. She's in New York as well. Uh, so Loki could have been right around the corner there, leading the uh, the hordes uh, in the attack against the Avengers in 2012. That is true, yeah. So I just thought that was interesting, her placement in New York in 2012. So there you go. Maybe we'll find out more about that in uh, in next week's episode, or maybe they'll ignore it completely. <laughs> I think they'll ignore it completely. <laughs> you never know. So it's, it's odd that they would reference those two specific dates uh, in this in, in this episode, given that Loki uh, had a big part to play in uh, the attack on New York and, um, and that he was one of the first people to go before the blip, right? In Thanos' attack. Yeah. But kill, what happened in 1962 then? Is that when Stanley was born? Uh, I don't think so. Got his first no, job definitely, in Marvel. In fact, definitely not because uh, he was around in the time of uh, timely comics in the 50s. So, um, so yeah, no, uh, that that's definitely not. Got his Marvel gig. I wonder whether it was something to do with the creation of the Fantastic Four um, maybe. in comics. I think that was around 62 or 64. So maybe that was it. But the real reason for 1962 is because Frank Morris is a real person, and that was when he escaped from Alcatraz. Okay. Yes, there you go. Uh, John, <laughs> one last thing to do. Uh, I, I don't know whether to ask this, but I will anyway. Do you defend Loki Season 2, Episode 5, Science Slash Fiction? I do. I do just about defend this episode mm. of, of Loki. I'd give it three spag balls out of five. <laughs> I found this a slog, mm -hmm. it, for sure. 
Um, I felt like I was a hamster on a wheel getting back into exposition heavy and a, a dialogue to understand how, why, were, what, who, um, you know, Loki can, can do about his time slipping mm-hmm. and the, the different weaves of the loom and so on around the temporal loom and it, it all just felt like more exposition so i found mm-hmm. this massive massively exposition heavy okay done in a different way through um you know the, the moniker of science slash fiction as to investigating the what and then the why uh, and it ultimately becoming uh the who um so I dug it in a in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ad dug it, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess I've just a bit exasperated with the amount of exposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's been a lot of it, and probably too much of it, trying to explain things that ultimately are red herrings. Whereas I think if you'd had uh, this exploration of his friends, B fifteen, Ob, Mobius, and Casey through the course of this season. Uh, maybe, you know, it would smack an emotional punch. Because I do think we got a bit of that, particularly uh, with Mobius um, and with Sylvie. And more so with Sylvie at the bar. I just thought that was, from that point on, I was like, that was just really good. Mm. That, to me, set the scene for what happens at the end with Doug's... uh, workshop Mm -hmm. and him realizing that he can you know influence this story at how that is going to be we'll see next episode Mm -hmm. um but i I really enjoyed the stuff back in sylvie's timeline at the bar and their conversation i in some ways it's because i wanted more of that i mean i know we've had some feedback from our fellow defenders previously talking mm-hmm. about, you know, Sylvie just seems so peripheral. Yeah. Um, and here... It felt she like, wants to be, but yes. Yeah, she wants to be, but it's not her story. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I felt, you know, it was just a really good bit of dialogue between her and Sylvie and then the record shop. I just loved that bit. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's some good bits in this. Um but I just, I just felt it was a slog at the wrong time in the wrong place right. for this series, and so I do defend it. But it's three spag balls out of five. Yeah, only three. Yeah, John. yeah. I guess uh, I still defend it. Yeah, it's still, it's it's a low rating uh, for the episode. And again, maybe it'll uh, build up next episode. But I kind of get it. Like you know, for for my defend, yes, I do defend this episode. I think it's better than some of the episodes earlier on this season, certainly. But I do think one of the uh, things that's interesting about it for me is, I think this is Marvel challenging their audience a bit more. Um, you know, there there are simpler versions of this story. Realistically, this entire two seasons, what it's been about is. Loki himself learning and changing, learning that he does need people around him, learning that he acts out more more often when he's lonely, when he doesn't have people to support him. So that's the basic story, the basic framework. And hanging on to that is 
this idea of the time uh, variance authority, everything that's happening yeah. with the traveling through time. And I do think this episode is quite challenging, but I feel like they're going, well, if you stuck around for four episodes of all of this time stuff, we're going to need to explain a few things for you before we get to the finale. Um, so for me, I think it was done quite well, and I think it was beautifully put on film especially uh, as you mentioned already sylvie's timeline uh, failing the little moments of things disappearing yeah. out of out of people's time uh, timelines before they disappear before everybody disappeared but there's also some just odd things that are in there as i said that the idea that uh, mobius is in 2022 the idea that uh, dr verdi willis is in new york in 2012 the the look of ad doug's um location it looks really like where obi was working in the TVA, all those nods that you're kind of going, is there something here that I'm just not seeing and it will all just be built together in the final episode? Will we have a moment where Loki is surrounded and all the voices, all the things that have been said in these last couple of episodes and this experience across all the timelines all merge together and that's where the TVA came from? Is it something like that, that we see it um, through his mind as he's filtering it all together? In a final episode, potentially that's how a lot of these things that haven't been fully explored in this episode could be explored even more in the last episode, explaining how the snake does eat its own tail and everything has its own, has no beginning and no yeah. end. And um, that's also a possibility. So I am excited to see how it's, how it comes out next week. This isn't the greatest series of the Marvel series for me. I, I said it earlier on in the season. I expected to like the show a lot more than I do like it. But I do think this episode had some really interesting ideas and brought some beautiful storytelling in there, uh, particularly with how everything disappears, similar to the blip and similar to the uh, dust, the dusting yeah. uh, that we saw. I think that that's quite interesting visually to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess it is the reason why you have movies and you have TV. Okay. I, if they've taken us on a 12-hour time extravaganza, two-and-a-half-hour movie would also have provided uh, a shorthand for that. It can. I'm, I'm not one of those people, though. I do like to spend time with my characters that I that I enjoy. Uh, I'm, I'm always one of those people that, that enjoys it as long as you are justifying the reasons that they're there and you're spending time with them. They're learning their lessons. I don't think Loki could have learned the lesson that he's learned here over the course of a two and a half hour movie, it'd be much more um, condensed. You'd lose a lot of characterization, but they certainly could have spent more time with those characters, the friends of Loki, as, as yeah. we're calling them in this episode. He certainly could have spent more time with them, learning who they are. And, and uh, I think in the first episode of season two, he was looking at Casey going, your name is Casey, isn't it? Uh, you know, whereas now it's a best friend of his that he has to uh, bring back into the TVA. So could have could have spent more time uh, with the characters setting up that these are the best friends that he wants to surround himself with. But again, technically, you could tell every story over a very short period of time. But uh, hopefully it justifies itself uh, next week with the final episode of season two of Loki. That's it. For our discussion of Loki, uh, Season 2, Episode 5, we do have some feedback on the episode from Excellent. our wonderful fellow defenders. Uh, first up, we have an email in from Coffee and Vodka, who says, Greetings, fellow re-editing defenders. Okay, so my grasp as to how timelines work is back out of the window. Still a good and necessary transitionary episode with substance. Loki doesn't just need the band back together, he needs the band. Just like his brother, he's coming back different. And with his mastery of time slipping, he's become a double god. The rest is just achieving the possibly impossible. Casey's, sorry, Frank's backstory was funny and surprising, and it's easy to see how Mobius found the TVA to be his new home sweet home. Finally, were there to be a tavern quiz for Loki this episode, the question would have been a no-brainer. What is Mobius's real name? 
four lonely Lokis, abandoned Ouroboroses, and tiny shots out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Would that have been the question? Is it because his name's Don, just like me, John? I'm Derek O'Neill, Don. I don't know. Yeah. You are the Don. <laughs> Don of this podcast, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I'm trying to think. I, how many spaghetti threads uh, do you see? <laughs> wow, yeah, that, that would have been a lot. Uh, probably in the millions. No, but in all seriousness, yes, I, I probably... A question along that line. What were the alternate names? Probably for the whole gang, mm. you know? I think... Uh, I, there will be two options. Either it would be name the two books um, that Obi has written under the guise of uh, of A.D. Doug, or if the bourbon had a name in the episode, it would absolutely be what bourbon were they drinking at the bar. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's true. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, well, interestingly on the bourbon thing, because mm. Sylvie asks the bartender for two bourbons. Yes, she And he does. goes, nice choice, rather than a brand of mm. bourbon. Maybe it's just that timeline only has one brand. It's just all McDonald's. Yeah, maybe. So it's McDonald's Bergen. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Or the fact that it wasn't Irish whiskey or Scotch uh-huh. that um, was being requested. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Absolutely. That's, that's really good. Uh, thanks so much, Coffee and Vodka. Yeah. Uh, seems you're a little bit uh, more up on the episode as well. Um, four out of five uh, for you for the for the episode. Um but yeah, it does feel like a transitionary episode. Uh, a lot of this hopefully necessary uh, next week. But yeah, another very powerful character. We saw in Secret Invasion how powerful one of the characters gets in there by the finale. And here we have uh, God Loki able to travel anywhere in any time that he chooses to, it seems. So yeah. that's a pretty powerful character. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, yeah, good stuff, coffee and vodka. I'm glad that you uh, enjoyed it for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, But a bit like you, you know, I was like, okay how the timelines work is yeah back out the window and i was i it it felt slightly to me like revising for an exam only to find out i'd revised for the wrong exam mm. um yep. and so it was like oh there's a lot of energy in this <laughs> to, <laughs> to deal with it as i say i still defended it yeah. Uh, good stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Yep. Thanks, Coffee um, and Vodka. Over on our Facebook group, we have uh, some feedback. First up, it's Lindsay Lawless, who says, This is my fave episode of the season. The first few episodes didn't land for me as much. In fact, I was confused at what was happening. I must confess, I'm not up to date with the films, though. So I get the sense that that had impacted my ability to fully appreciate it. That said... Even with my confusion, I do still enjoy the show. The cinematography has been great, mm-hmm. and so are the performances. I love this episode most because it gave me one of the things I really wanted to see, the other's past lives. Mm-hmm. I also enjoyed that this episode explored Loki inevitably uncovering and admitting to himself that what he sought for was his friends and their companionship more than anything else. It's a cliche, but really good and effective for Loki, who would usually operate on his own, and very eager to see how he and his merry band of misfit variants will solve this thing with the loom. Uh, Thanks so much, uh, Lindsay, for uh, your feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think think that's a really good point, you know, that... Yes, it is a cliche, but for Loki, it really makes sense. You know, he is the one-man show, has always been. He's always had that arrogance, and he has, over these trials and tribulations, found this companionship, a bit as to the point from Coffee and Vodka. Mm. You know, he's come back different, um, like 
his brother Thor did, you know? So I think really good. I totally agree with you around the cinematography and the performances uh, as well. I also agree around the cinematography and the performances really, really good. Um, I, I think, yeah, seeing the others past lives, just those little glimpses w- was uh, a little bit of a treat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even if with some, we only got a little bit compared to the others. But yeah. um, I think for me that that um, coupled with Loki and Sylvie um, back in her timeline mm-hmm. was just really good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Lisey. Uh, we also got some feedback from Heather Wallace over on Facebook. She says some excellent Loki hair flips in this episode. I counted five. <laughs> <laughs> Mobius is real life in 2022, so that would mean half of all life is still missing in the blip. Is that what he meant by his wife is, a lo- is long gone? Loki broke my heart saying he wants his friends back. The MCU is so much about connection and found families. That's what brings me back time after time. Thanks so much, Heather. Yep, Heather caught that as well, that uh, that Mobius uh, would be in blip time in 2022 yeah, as absolutely. well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, good stuff, Heather. And yeah, it is really good that they're bringing Loki into this universe of the MCU, this this grouping. He's, fi- he's finally found other people that he can rely on, other people that he can be around. Uh, hopefully we'll see a bit more of that uh, in the next episode as well. Uh, David, Mr. Ryder says, Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. Or is it put a smile on? Everybody, come on, put a smile on. That's the jingle for McDonald's in the nineties, I think. I think so. Yeah, well. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he continues once again. I look forward to your breakdown and explanation. That some of the things have gone way over my head. Interested to see their previous lives before they were taken, though. Uh, yep. I hope we've helped, um, Dave, Mister Writer. But I do think there's a lot here that uh, either went nowhere or will go somewhere next week when we look back on the but, season. Yeah. That's it. That's what I'm hoping. Anyway. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, Victor Timely Von Doom says, This episode is very creepy. I could sense elements of the Twilight Zone, us, and even Black Mirror. Who would figure Casey has an Alcatraz escapee? I was surprised Loki didn't encounter Victor Timely during his true journey into mystery. Very good, Victor. That's uh, Loki's first comic book appearance yeah, was in absolutely. Journey into Mystery. Didn't they name an episode about that last last season as well? Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Thanks so much, Victor. Mm, I can uh, definitely see a bit of Black Mirror in there as well in this episode and some Twilight Zone uh, going on. Yeah, yeah, Twilight-y cool. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, uh, Victor. Timely Von Doom. Uh, also, Dr. Bob Phillips says, this turns the way I've been thinking about the show on its head, as it seemed to with Loki. Fantastic episode, allowing each of the actors, well, maybe not Kihi Kwan, uh, to play out a different version of themselves, with even Sylvie touched with heartache. We're not watching sci-fi, we're watching a fantasy romance where the main player is falling in love with themselves again, and finally discovering the meaning of friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent stuff, uh, Dr. Bob. Yes, I totally agree with you here. Um I think the problem for me was that I'd already, like you say, I had multiple things going on in my mind. So I was just, I just went down a dark place on <laughs> exposition heavy. Um, and, uh, but I still liked it. Exactly, exactly. Good stuff. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Uh, finally, Joe Herbers says, based on what we see in this episode, what do you think happened to the characters at the end of episode four? Loki started time slipping again. Maybe he did it subconsciously. Sylvie has her memories, so even though we didn't see it happen, my guess is that she used 
He who remains as tempad to save only herself returned to her favourite McDonald's timeline. By the way, she didn't seem to act surprised or relieved or happy to see Loki again, which was odd. What did she think happened to him when the loom exploded? Doesn't she care? Maybe the other three variants ceased to exist, along with Victor. Loki seems to be travelling to the timelines where they each came from, perhaps near the time when a variant timeline branched that the TVA pruned when they were originally taken to the TVA and memory wiped to become agents. Does that all make sense? I think it does, Joan. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at, where I was saying about maybe Loki is picking up these variants, bringing them to the TVA with him and wiping their minds. That that's where I thought the story was going, that this is the point that they were taken from the timelines, brought to the TVA, told eventually those versions would be sent back to the point they were taken from. And um, it turns out they were never sent back. They were working in the TVA from then on. So I wonder if that's part of it. Um, as for Sylvie and her reaction to Loki, I guess she thought Loki had done the exact same thing as she did, escaped. Yeah, But she didn't really care because every time Loki comes to her, he's talking about getting the TVA back and all she wants is her life back. Uh, as we mentioned earlier on in the season, that has been the goal of Sylvie. Get away from all of this crap and go and live her life somewhere. A life that's of her own. And no matter what that is, if it's her working in McDonald's, having a pickup truck, going for a few bourbons in the evening and going and watching some TV... That's it. That's all she wants from her life. And she gets to live it because it's her own. And she feels if she sees Loki again, he's going to drag her on another adventure. And that seems to be her reaction to Loki arriving is, yeah, of course, I know you're here. I saw what happened. I got myself out of there. <laughs> yeah, <You know>? exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, Joe. Thanks very much for the feedback. And thanks, everybody, for your feedback. As we mentioned, we'd love to hear from you for the finale of Loki Season 2. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com, or you can send some voicemails into us uh, through that email address or on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com. Or you can pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. There'll be a spoiler post up there on Friday for you to put in your thoughts about this episode. Oh, it's been a big old week the last week. Uh, thanks for joining us for Loki Season 2 podcast, but we've also just finished our coverage of Gen V, the boys' blood-filled spin-off show over on Prime Video, and began our other blood-soaked coverage of Invincible Season 2, also on Prime Video all this week. And next week, we will continue, of course, Invincible Season 2, and we're going back to the cinema for the MCU with the Marvels. Excellent stuff, mm, yeah. Very much looking forward to that, seeing Miss Marvel on screen with Captain Marvel and with Monica Rambeau and Nick Fury and, of course, Goose the Flurkin. Yeah, absolutely. Black Can't screen, really. wait yeah. to see uh, the ladies in space. Yeah. It'll be great fun. Looking yeah, forward to really it. Really good. Um, so we will, of course, have the podcast out next week as well. So I'll pop a spoiler post up on the Facebook group as well for that. Uh, but if you want to share your thoughts once you've seen it, you can email us to those email addresses as well. Absolutely. And of course, fellow defenders, please remember you can support us over at patreon.com forward slash TV podcast industries for a monthly amount or for a one off amount over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash TVPI. But of course, Feedback is also a great way to support us mm -hmm. as well as subscribing and sharing the podcast with friends, family, and flurkins as well. Absolutely, and fan family. Yes, and fan family yeah. as well. Because remember, sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing, the, sharing love. the love. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yeah, we'll be back for episode six next week. Uh, but in the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and of course, 
keep defending. Bye. Bye. Right, spag ball time. (laughs) 